Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. I'm Chelsea Kabarkis, your new host on SportsGrid. Welcome to the free kick. I'm extremely excited to be here. Alongside me, I have Gio Cozzolino and Martino Puccio. How are you guys? Great. Great. So glad to have yeah. you on the show. It's yeah. really a pleasure now. So we ramp things up energy-wise. I'm this. extremely excited to be here. But first off, we're going to kick mm-hmm. off with Serie A, Atalanta versus Torino. Atalanta, who is currently in fifth place, and Torino, who is sitting in ninth. Gio, what are your predictions? I like this to be a close matchup, to be honest with you. I know that Atalanta is kind of that firepower team that we're looking at right now in this league, and they're scoring goals left and right. They have the most goals in the league as well. So they've been very impressive. Um, you mentioned they're, they're sitting in fifth, could be fourth if they win uh, the next couple matchups. They're just three points away from Roma at the current uh, time that we're recording this video. So everything's looking good for them, but I like this to be a close matchup at home with Torino. I think that... Uh, you know, with the, with the days of rest also, we're going to get to that. Torino have a couple more days than Atalanta does that Torino might be able to hold this close. I'm not sure if they'll go for the win. Uh, it might be too much in terms of firepower, but I, I think it, it'll be close enough where both teams can score. It could be something like a 1-1. But I like a draw at plus 310 for me personally. I think that it'll, it'll be closer than a lot of people are, are expecting. Well, to add on to that, I know Torino has scored in their last eight matches and Atalanta in their, in their last ten matches. So they, it might be a close game. I must admit. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And the spread's only at one, so they fi- they figure that. But for me, it's just kind of who depends on who starts or not because we don't know what the injury issues are there with Duvan Zapata, whether or not he plays. They might rest him when they go against Spal today because Spal's the worst team in the league by far. So you don't have to risk your best player in that scenario. So if you start him or if they start him against Torino, I could easily see them winning this 2 nothing. But again, a point that we didn't get to is that They haven't beaten them in two years. And this is an issue for Atalanta because as of right now, you want to get Roma slipping up because they have these injury issues. They don't know who they're bringing in. And as of right now, they're not playing their Champions League games yet. They got knocked out of Coppa Italia. So they have a little bit more rest. But for them, I think this one's a must win for them because they know in any scenario down the road, it's going to get tougher because of all the matches that they're going to have to play in. Well, Duvan Zapata does play a crucial part in their striking role because he has 23 goals last season. He was second highest goal scorer. And I personally don't think they have strikers right now because if you look at the table and you look at their games, their strikers haven't really scored unless it was against, who was it? Um, Atlanta versus Milan 5-0, Atlanta versus... Padma 5-0, and you had the strikers score. So what's going on? No, we're just laughing because, you know, he's a Milan fan. So, of course, it would happen against his team. But, no, I agree with you there. We well, re- buddy, they're doing really bad right now. Yeah, Keep so, going. Thank you. Yeah, thank I, you. I agree, though. Um, I mean, they've won a couple of games. But I, I agree with you there with the, the point about the yeah. striker. It's usually their wingers like Ilicic or Papu Gomez, attacking midfielder, that's doing the work for them. Um, so having Duvan back would be a huge part. I mean, see how they're playing now. Yeah, without him. Without him. Imagine getting him back. That could really solidify, hopefully for them, at least a top four spot. But you mentioned also this weekend is crucial for them if Roma slip up. Roma Lazio is a big matchup too. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about that as well. If Roma do slip up against a hot Lazio, Atalanta can capitalize yeah. if they don't already uh, against Spal. So 
that's definitely a huge point as well. But the striker point is, is, is true. But they're scoring all these goals without them. Imagine getting him back healthy. What, what that can do going forward for them. But also, he is off rhythm right now. It takes time for mm -hmm. players to walk onto the field and merge on with the team. I need to know why aren't the forwards scoring? Should they look into buying forwards for the next season? I, I personally think so, yeah. And it was one of the things that they didn't really do um, this summer. And they've made a lot of money, too, going into the Champions League, selling other players that they bought. I think Kulovesky is one of the guys that they had. They just sold him for $35 million. That's something that they should reinvest in because Luis Meriel, as good as he is at times, he's an injury-prone striker. So when you're getting thin like that and you have an injury there and then the same thing with Zapata now, I mean, you got to solidify that position. So I think that's something that they're probably going to have to do soon. Well, I know they did switch Luis Muriel mm -hmm. into the center forward position. How did he do? I, I think with, with Muriel, though, he, he adds like a certain thing to the game. His characteristics are he can give you some strength and pace. He, he's not, you know, the, the, the slimmest guy, but mm. even for his stature, he's a big guy, I think can run and, and he's he's he's, so he's making people he's getting into spaces that cause uh difficult uh i mean dif difficulty for the defenses at least when when he's getting into spaces and he might not be scoring but him making those runs creates some more chances for the likes of the wingers who are the ones scoring and papa gomez who gets up front so i think he's 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 contributed but imagine if he was healthy and scoring more goals then you have two but, forwards yeah. two colombian forwards two colombian forwards yeah. My Colombian. <laughs> Can you tell I'm Colombian? <laughs> so you mentioned me. Just, just a little bit, just a little bit. What do they have to do to win this match? I think it's just creating chances like they always do. And then it's one of the things that in Gasparini's system, they always have their wing backs pushing up forward. It's more of a modern game, and that's what, kind of why sometimes the strikers aren't scoring. So when they have, I think Gosens is one of the top scorers in the league, and you saw it with Andrea Conti a couple of years ago, it's just about creating chances. And if Atalanta's creating chances and they get Zapata back, I don't know how they're going to lose this matchup. For, for me, it's a win in, in this scenario, and you're not risking a lot with minus 145 either. Yeah, As, I'm, I'm go still going to keep it close. I feel like it'll still be closer. Just, it's a just, tough place to play. It is. It is. They're yeah. going on the road, so that's why I feel like it'll be a lot closer than people expect. I'd, I'd lean towards a draw, but I don't, I don't see why you would doubt Antalanta. If you sure. would pick money line on one team, it would probably be them. Mm -hmm. And Torino? Thoughts on Torino? What do they have to do to walk into this game and see victory? You got to hope to keep it close and give Balotti a chance <laughs> Balotti, to yeah. put it in He's the back key. of the net. I think that I think that's really the key at this point. And otherwise, that's pretty much how they've been going the past couple of seasons too. So yeah, I think best case scenario for them is a win, obviously. But I think most likely it's a draw for them. So how will they have to come out? What are some strategies that they can they can follow to play a team like Atalanta? I think it starts with the defense. I mean, they're not the best defensive team by any stretch of the imagination. They're not in the top of the table. Um, but they're there in the, in the mid-table. They're ahead of the likes of Napoli right now, who's in shambles. So, I mean, they're doing what they have to do. They have some talented players. They have talented players. They have to keep the likes of Ilicic and Papo Gomez in check. If they keep those two in check, then they can get out of here with the result. Yeah, easier said than done. Easier said than sure. done, though. Absolutely. Sure. Why do you say that? Easier said than done. Well, because they're just such a offensive firepower. I mean, 46 goals and you don't have one of the best goal scorers of last year in your team. I mean, like, that's, that's, that's scary for me. And they're looming right in that fourth spot. Roma has their injuries. There's no other team really outside of them, you know, like Milan, even Torino, Parma, that they're going to catch up to them. For me, I don't see a scenario in that. The only thing you could say is the deeper they potentially get in the Champions League, 
then you could say, oh, they might slip up here. There's points going to be dropped because they're focused on that. But for me, I, I, I don't see how they're going to be contained like that. Well, you had mentioned earlier that it really comes down to the defensive line for Torino, right? I believe that a defensive line, it really comes to concentration mm -hmm. and being on in that game. I mean, perfect example was this past weekend, Liverpool versus Manchester. Manchester was completely off, two completely different leagues, but <laughs> they were off. You can tell that they were tuned out. So at the end of the day, it really comes into who's tuned in, are they working together, communication on and off the field, and they might see a victory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to. You have to concentrate for ninety minutes, and that's the really difficult part. It, it's it's not just about that. It's just ninety minutes of not one to two opportunities. They get five to ten opportunities, and it, and it, and it's really difficult because at the end of the day, when you look at Torino's defense, it's really you like Armando Itzo, and then who else do you really love there? It's it's not really anything that you would laud, but at home they could they could prove a tough challenge. All right, quick. Predictions. Score. Atalanta, money line, minus 145. I, I would stay away from the spread, though. 1-1 one, one draw. All right, guys. Well, on to the next match. Next coming up, Bayern versus Schultz. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to the Free Kick. I'm Chelsea Kabarkis, and we are here with our friends from AccuScore. First match that we're going to talk about, Fiorentina versus Genoa. Fiorentina, who is coming off a huge victory versus Napoli, and Genoa, who didn't do so well, versus Roma. First question, does this match get over the total? These two Serie A teams are in a pretty different place at the moment. Fiorentina is 13th in the league, uh, which is pretty disappointing for them. Uh, they have 24 points in 20 games. Uh, the Genoa, on the other hand, is uh, a lot worse. They're second to last with only 14 points of 20 games. So uh, the season has been a bit of a disappointment so far for both of them. Um, Fiorentina in mid-table, they're very mediocre, very average in every possible way. Uh, their best goal scorer has only scored four goals. Um, and uh, it's very fitting that the uh, 10 of Fiorentina's 20 games have resulted in the over uh, 2.5 goals and 10 then under. So in that way, they're very uh, medium and average also. Um, Genoa season has been a complete disaster so far, but they have the quality to actually climb out of the relegation zone. They're not too deep into it. They need a couple of wins uh, to get to the safety. Uh, their defense has been very bad all season. They've leaked 40 goals already in 20 games. Uh, and uh, altogether, Genoa's games have featured three goals per game. Um, so that's very likely to push it over 2.5 in this game. Um, in AccuScore simulations, Fiorentina scores 2.09 goals and Genoa hits exactly 1.00. 
So the total goes over 2.5 with a 58.5% probability. Yes, this is quite interesting matchup from the historical point of view as uh, these teams have faced um, five times during the last five years in Serie A and uh, four of those five games have been draws and um, three times it has been 0-0 last two games when Genoa has visited Fiorentina has been 0-0 scoreless draw but once um, the only game that was over total was then 3-3 draw so there has been quite a bit different games um, from the defensive battle of 0-0 to score party of 3-3. Uh, AccuScore predictions have been um, accurate in this matchup. Uh, out of five uh, games there has been value to be pick winner uh, four times and out of those four two has been correct. So basically when you have picked draw you have made some money and uh, um, that has been the case in, uh, in these uh, predictions. We'll see who takes that victory, Fiorentina versus Genoa. Next question. If you had to pick a team to get over their total, who would it be? And choose wisely. <laughs> then when uh, betting total, there has been, again, four times some value, and out of those four, three has been correct. Uh, and um, this time, it would be interesting to see if it will follow the trend of the under as the current line is 2.5 or do you think Tommy that um, one of these teams will score more than one goal and that would push uh, total over as well as individual team scoreline over and if yes which team it would be? While neither team is very good in scoring goals I would still go with uh, Fiorentina at home uh, on this one. Um, Genoa is uh, the worst team on the road in Serie A. They've uh, conceded 26 goals uh, in 10 road games, so it's 2.6 per game. Um, and even if uh, Fiorentina doesn't have that good of an offense, um, at home they're much more likely uh, to score uh, three goals than Genoa is to score more than one goal. Let's put it this way. Well, hopefully your predictions were accurate. Now we are going to move on to the Premier League. Man City versus Fulham. Man City just played Crystal Palace and they ended up in a draw. Whereas in Fulham just played Middlesbrough and it was a victory. So first question, what is the most likeliest outcome in terms of winning and losing in this game? So first of all, this is an FA Cup game, so it makes the prediction so much harder because we can't be sure of what kind of uh, starters either of the teams will go with. Um, it's obvious that Manchester City is a better team. They're playing in the Premier League, they're second in that. Uh, Fulham is playing in Championship, which is the tier below, and uh, they are third, so they're pushing for promotion there. But still, the quality difference is quite massive. Um, it's hard to say if Manchester City with Pep Guardiola uh, coaching will go with the pretty much rotated squad on this one. They're not in the middle of a bad fixer congestion, but they are taking part in Champions League games and so on in the future. So it could be that they're actually sending out quite a youthful setup with a lot of rotated players. Um, Fulham, on the other hand, might do the same. Uh, they are in, uh, in the middle of battling for the straight automatic uh, promotion from championship. So um, it could be that they're also sending out quite a rotated squad. But who knows? 
Um, Fulham is a very good team for Championship. Manchester City is a very good team for Premier League. Um, so if they decide to rotate their squads, Manchester City is a lot better team. So we will take Manchester City to win this one. It's easy, but what can you do? What do we think about this FA Cup matchup? Um, I agree with Tommy that Manchester City is definitely uh, by far better team. But um, when we check the historical records, um, that is emphasized even more. Because these teams have not faced every year. But uh, last year when um, Fulham was visiting uh, Manchester City in Premiership, uh, uh, home team won 3-0. And actually last win by Fulham is um, from the season 2008-2009. So almost 10 years ago when they won uh, uh, Manchester City last time. Well, we'll see if Fulham is able to pull off a victory in this match. You have Man City, who is currently sitting in second place. They don't have any defenders right now, so let's take that into account. And Fulham, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, all right, second question. If you had to choose a total number, would you go with a team or game total? Um, total um, will be most probably in this game uh, 375 or even 4. But um, how do you see, Tommy, will this be over as the total line is so high and uh, will it be only Manchester City who is uh, going to score here and so their total line over three uh, can be achievable while Fulham is maybe hitting zero or most one goal? This is actually a very interesting aspect of this game because both of the teams have very similar mentalities. Um, Manchester City, of course, likes to hold the ball. Uh, they take the possession and try to pass the ball around a lot. Um, and Fulham is doing the exact same in championship level. So uh, this is a bit of the clash of exactly the similar sort of playing styles but in completely different level um, and again it is about who is gonna play if Manchester City is going let's say second or third tier players and Fulham is going with their best squad then Fulham might stand a chance but um, in this case I would still go with the Manchester City taking the lead and going over the, their team total uh, while Fulham will have a lot of problems in scoring even a single goal. kick we are talking Bundesliga we have to talk about this right of course Bayern Munich currently sitting in second place with 36 points versus Schalke who is currently sitting in fifth place with 33 points predictions I mean I, I like this to be a Bayern win listen I was completely wrong last week when I when I said that Bayern <laughs> was going to have a close matchup I was completely off because they had so many injuries right we talked of about course, this last yeah. week and, and I wasn't sure if Lewandowski would be there and he was, and, and, and some <laughs> other players that we just weren't sure if they were coming back. And yet, some of them didn't miss the match, but they they took care of him for nothing. Yeah. It was a it was a handy uh, handily just done victory. Yeah. It was just a blowout. It, not even home. It was at Hertha Berlin. So mm -hmm. that was shocking for me. I like Byron again in this matchup against Schalke. I think, I mean, the the, the spread is minus two plus one thirty five. That's something to look at. I'm not sure if 
I'm too confident in that, but they are mm-hmm. two-goal favorites in this one. You know, Schalke had a little bit of a run. They actually beat Mönchengladbach last week, which is a huge win for them. Good that actually, yeah, thanks. <laughs> that that actually helped Bayern get back into second place. Yeah. So uh, we had been talking about is Bayern ever going to get back up there, and that's what we were worried about. But I'm not worried about them. They, they've won the past five games between these two teams. I think they win again, right? Yeah, no, no. I for me, I'm not really too much concerned from a gambling perspective about them winning. I. Pretty much almost every time Bayern plays, I just assume they're going to win. Unless there's some outlying issue, unless they go like lights big on the road. But for this, the spread, I, I don't know if I want to, to go with that. I know Schalke hasn't beaten them in a few years. They've only scored a couple goals over the past five games, two to be exact. For me, I, I don't know. I, I don't really love the game that much. I would probably go towards like a total. Like I'd probably go over two and a half goals if I were to have to go touch something in this game. But for me, I, Bayern is just, they're hitting their stride. They haven't really hit their stride yet, but they, this is just them winning games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like This is just three points. You don't really think about it. For Schalke, this is, is a very difficult game for them. And if they want to get to the Champions League, get one of those spots, they have to get points. Why do you automatically think that Bayern is going to win this match. Because they win the league every year. And, and and for this one, it's they haven't lost in the past five matchups or draw. They've won you'd, five times. You'd be surprised because usually a team that is such high ranking or on the top of the table, it's sure. really difficult for them to play a team who is lower, who is a team like Schalke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have to go in extremely tuned in. And at the end of the day, players, they just walk in and they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to win this game, which takes them out of their focus and makes it really difficult for them. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, you, you always want to play up to your expectation, but sometimes teams play down to lower teams, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we see that in leagues across all of Europe, 100%. So what happened, happened to them this year, specifically? Absolutely. And, that, and that's why they had the rough start, I feel like. They just weren't they weren't clicking on, on all cylinders. And you've met, you just mentioned it. They aren't there yet. I just feel like we just feel like this is where they're starting to hit it. Yeah, Hopefully they're halfway yeah. through or a little bit more than halfway through for their league. They have a little bit, uh, I think, two lesser teams. But... I just can't see where they don't pick up another big win here because 4-0 last week where I completely doubted just because of what they were at. You got you also have Joshua Kimmich back this week who was back from he's suspension. He, yeah. he's, he's great whether he's a right mid or wing back, whatever he's playing, can contribute in the attack and defense. I just think they have too much firepower in, in this matchup. They're also at home, too. That's yeah. such and a that's difficult another thing. place. That's such a difficult place to play. If you're, if you're playing a team at home, it's... In Bayern, automatically in Bayern, it's freezing. Not that that has anything to do with anything, but it's freezing, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's going to be difficult. I mean, yeah, and they and the odds makers also don't um, plus thirteen hundred for Schalke just to win this game outright. Is I mean, that's pretty. That's kind of I think it's a little insulting like to tad, Schalke tad to be honest. Bit disrespectful. <laughs> I, I think it's disrespectful because they're this is a good team. They're defensively organized. Kabak is. One of the better young defenders Milan in the world. Link, right? t- yeah, of course they lost out on him, uh, amongst other things. But look, a, for for me, Schalke, Schalke is one of those teams that could definitely keep it close. But there's just this underlying feeling that if Bayern gets one early, it's going to be really, really difficult for Schalke to not only get back into the match but to pull keep out victory. Well, you have Alexander Nugel, who was just named captain last season, and he's leaving next season. He just made he just made that announcement. That no, that that that's, they're losing their goalkeeper. I mean, you used to you used to play, right? I mean, how how weird is that when your captain, you know, your best player and your, your best leader's leaving? Leader and then uh, leader, staying. he's definitely a leader off the field. Yes, it's 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 normal for a goalkeeper to to be a captain because 
automatically they have amazing leadership skills. They're organized because they have to be. The structure all comes from the sure. back. Um, but when you know that you're going to lose your captain, that plays a huge part. I really wonder how his dynamic with the team is right now. I, I don't know. I think it really kind of all depends because um, if you're if you're in a certain spot for a long time and you're not winning trophies, kind of like teams we're talking about yeah. later, like Roma with Totti, like no matter when he wants to leave, it's fine if he wants to leave because he stayed longer than he needed to, right? He gave his all to the club. He did everything that he that you could ask. Was a great stand-up captain. I think he was pushed out. You think he was pushed out? I, I we'll mean, we'll oh, save this for the next conversation yeah. because I can sit here and talk about this all day. <laughs> but we will say Shock does they do come out with really good players. Develop good players. Yes, I'm sorry, my English course. was completely off. <laughs> uh, they develop good players. So I'm pretty sure Alexander Nubel came from Schalke from last season. No? Or you mean he I was... Can, I mean, he was, he was with them last season or two seasons ago. Well, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think ago. they would name him I might be, yeah. I wouldn't think, yeah, yeah, right? And he's playing yeah. his, his, old, his old squad. I, I think, too, the, the whole trend with the, the captain thing just really quickly, like, I think it's happening more often. Which Harry Maguire just got named Harry, captain at Manchester United. And he hasn't He's been, been there, there for and five And also, months. captains leaving their teams. Diego Demme left Leipzig, a German team, who are at so the first top place, yeah. of the Bundesliga, just went to Napoli, which is... He's not their best player, by far. That, that's not what I'm saying. But just for captains to just be able to... You know, we're we're winning right now in this in this youth project, this this new project that they have. They're in the top of the league, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I have another dream to play for Napoli. I'm going to leave." It's just it, it's something that we're seeing more often. So it just it, it puts into perspective: is it the team culture? Or is it just you know their personal feelings, opportunity. their opportunities to advance their careers? I mean, it's it's something that it's tough because you're not in their shoes. We'll never really know. Well, predictions for this match, score. I, I I'm going to hold this. Know against you guys next week by the way so pick pick smart <laughs> i think it's i i think we can get like a 3-1 from byron i feel like i, I think it'll be a comfortable win for them but still just advice wise <laughs> i wouldn't go towards the spread because i shock no. has a decent defense they've only allowed i think 21 goals in the league so they've done well um, keep, it might surprise keeping, you exactly keeping some some games close and they won last game against a big team but i think byron wins uh by a couple goals i just that's just personal. Yeah, I think it's going to be Bayern 2-1. I think if you want to bet on, on Schalke covering, plus 140 is a pretty good number. Even, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to you saying throw down money for plus 1,300. Because oh, yeah. there is, this Bayern team is totally different from any other Bayern teams we've seen in recent years. It's just another thing that you mentioned with uncertainty. They don't know who their manager is going to be, what players are going to be staying with, like, And when Coutinho. that happens, when that happens, you can definitely see what happens on the field. If they're unorganized off the field... It really does transfer onto the field. We're going to talk about Milan versus Udinese. What was your prediction last week? Um, I actually had them winning. <laughs> I wasn't very confident in it at all. I woke up at, uh, I, I set the alarm if you follow me on Twitter. The game started at 6.30. I put my alarm at 6.28, and I just like kind of rolled over to my laptop and opened ESPN Plus for it. That's the terrible part about living in the United States because but these games go on at times that... 6 a.m.? Well, this one, this one was horrible. Don't get me wrong. That's I mean, what I'm saying. 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. is horrible. terrible But it doesn't happen often. I mean, thank God I fell asleep when it was 6. I was asleep when it was 6.30 a.m. when they lost 5 nothing against Atalanta. That, thank God I didn't get up for that. <laughs> well, they're also under new ma- um, They also have a new owner of the team, and he's American. Uh, Paul, Paul Singer. Oh, Paul Singer, yeah, with the Elliott Hedge Fund. Yeah, I mean, but now the rumors are that Louis Vuitton and Bernard know are going to be buying them potentially. So, I mean, that'll be a fourth different ownership within four years. 
So it's it just it's so chaos. a little so a it's little chaos. background a little background on Paul Singer. Paul Singer is a huge Arsenal fan. Yep. So I don't know if you guys have seen a change on the style of play of Milan now that he has taken over. No, we still we still suck. Um, <laughs> I mean, nothing. No, nah, no, nah, like seriously, we, we still suck. No, it's but. it's true. I mean, they were they were one point off of Champions League last year. It was a, it was a pretty solid season, but I mean, the expectations for us, it's like yeah. there's always that pressure always that you have to get beyond. back into it. You would think an owner who is a huge fan of an English team, an English Premier team, and Arsenal. They're not. They're not a bad team. They're horrible. They're, they're horrible they're, this year. They're, 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 they're horrible this year, but they're they're not a bad team. No, no. club, club, no, yeah, club wise. Sure. You would think that he would try to influence a little bit more of the English style into the into the Italian league, where those are two completely different oh, it's, styles. It's it, it's hard. It's too it, hard in the to, Italian league. You know what it is with the Italian league. The Italian league. They don't stubborn. emphasize. Yes, they're very stubborn. They're very Absolutely. which it, it goes into their culture, right? They're very stubborn. They don't believe in change. They don't believe in moving on, um, whereas in the English, the Premier League, it's more fitness. It's you have to be a complete player. It's you don't go in and just do weights. No, you you have to be a complete player. Whereas in with the Serie A, it's not really like that. They're very ta- they're very tactical. Yeah, I don't I don't think very tactical. I, from what I understand, talking to some people that are within like the club in itself, um, that are have contacts with them. They're trying to get more analytical into it. They yeah. try to, you know, like, there's all these expected goals and stuff. Now there's football reference. If you, like, yes. follow, like, baseball or basketball reference, get your statistics on there. They actually have that now. Yes. So you can see what types of players are performing. Because we know Liverpool, we talk about them often. They're heavy into analytics. But, yes. And another we American We will talk owner, about Liverpool next. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> But I mean, that's that's where the game is transitioning to, and I don't think they're being as stubborn because they have American owners now, and they kind of understand. Look, we are horrendous for a decade now. <laughs> we have to get better, and anything that can get us better, we're going to look into it. Well, we're supposed to move on, but before that, we have to talk about Theo Hernandez because his goal this past weekend was insanity. I know. No, it's actually the past two have been he's had ridiculous. two great goals in the past and couple weeks. This is a guy. He could. He's on his way to start for France in the Euros at this point. I don't know how you could sit there and say, "How do you not start this guy?" Because his brother is also a big purchase. He went to Bayern for eighty million, and, and now at this point, he used to be at Real Madrid, and now he's thriving over here. I'm. He's. He's just been unbelievable. He's been the best. His player worth by far. has increased double. He went from twenty yeah. million euros to forty million euros. That's incredible for a player, right? Yeah, exponential increase. All right, guys. Well, up next, we're going to talk Barcelona with under their new management versus Valencia. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. to move on to La Liga, Valencia versus Barcelona. Barcelona, Barcelona, who is currently under new management, Quique Setian. Setien. Gosh, I can never pronounce his name. Guys, what are your predictions? <laughs> 
I, I think it'll be one. another close game. I feel like all I'm saying today is, hey, it's going to be a close game. <laughs> it is going to be a close <laughs> game, I think, because you're at Valencia also. And Valencia, I, I know you look at Barcelona, you're like, hey, it's Barcelona. They could win this game. But Valencia is a, a, a solid team that, you know, don't get credit sometimes. They don't. We've seen what they've done in the Champions League as well. They played so very, very tough. Very good team. I like them defensively. They can probably cause some problems. And we know that nowadays, or at least this season, maybe the last season as well, it's the messy show or it's going to be trouble. Um, and I, I like maybe a draw here at plus 310 on, on FanDuel where yeah, we're getting these odds from. It's going to be... A closer matchup than I think a lot of people expect. Maybe this, maybe Barcelona have the possession, but but, but let's goals. talk about possession because this past weekend versus Granada, they had 82% possession. This was Recorda's highest highest amount of possession in a game. So, I, I mean, under new management. But then they get the one goal though, and they like they barely get the win. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's it's nice to see them go back to what made them so great. But at the end of the day, they don't have that vibe that they're going to dominate almost every single team and match that they play. And it kind of just stems from them losing in the Champions League these past couple of seasons. And it just you kind of wonder Messi hasn't extended that contract. Not to say he's going to leave because that's just like the craziest thing yeah, to imagine him that. somewhere else. At least, at least under new management, Kike yeah. Setien was able to find a victory in a match that everyone sort of predicted that there were, it was going to be like a crazy score, right? And this is why Ernesto Valverde was pushed out, personally, in my opinion, because he couldn't win the games that he was supposed to win, but he won the games that he was, that obviously that were expected, tougher games, like the yeah, tougher right. games, but the games that he was supposed to win, he couldn't, he couldn't find a victory, which at the end of the day, it's not his fault. It's technically the team's fault, but as a manager, yeah. you have to have that personality that your team wants to play for you. Yeah, and I think what the main issue over there was that it's not that it just happened once or twice that they're dropping these points. It was a consistent thing, and it's and it's like okay, like all the best teams drop points against other squads. That that's only natural. It's such a high level of football that that's bound to happen. But it was just a consistent issue, and the expectations that they have there that you that they should have made the Champions League final, right? Let's call it what it is. It was embarrassing what happened against Liverpool. You don't go up that big at home, go on the road against like where Liverpool didn't have like all their best players in yeah. that match too. You can't have that happen. You have the greatest player of a generation. You have to capitalize on it. And I think I think it was a good move on them to finally make this. Yeah, and the Valverde firing came because of let's be honest, it's stemming from that Champions League defeat <laughs> last year. They were waiting for the moment yeah, to say. They were waiting. They were waiting. Yeah, they were waiting for the moment to say, hey. Yo, you know, you need to get the boot. <laughs> we need to get someone new in here. Albeit Setien, who, like, with Betis, the first year was yeah. great, and then he fought, he fell off as well. But that doesn't matter to them. They needed a new a new face, and like Chelsea mentioned, they got, they got a win in, his, in, in you know, at the start of his managerial career sure. for them. So they're starting off on the right foot. 82% possession, you would think they would get three or four goals. But listen, they got the win, but who did it? It was Messi again to, to bail them out in, late in the game with, with the goal. So... I mean, it, it was close. That's why I think this one will be close again. Kike Setien got there, and he was playing absolutely no games because he ordered a double session the first day, mid-season. Well, they just started. Mid-season, yeah. and then you have Busquet, who made an appearance this match, who under Valverde, he didn't 
you, he didn't really see the field as much. He was which, never going with the experienced guys. He knew he, he was he sitting was never, He was Vidal. never going with the experienced guys. And Busquet showed why he's Busquet because he completed 142 passes out of 157. He dominated this. It really, really comes down to for certain players who wants to play for who, or it just depends on the coach, right? Yeah. What, what type of style. And with um, Setien, he has that Croy style, Tiki Taka. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get back to what made them so great, and that involves playing guys like Busquets, Rakitic playing into. Like, I don't understand what the reason was to have all these guys to sit them on the bench. And that goes back to Valverde. I understand when you get Frankie de Jong, you get Arthur, oh, Ricky Frankie Puig. Frankie de Jong, he's amazing! He, no, he, he is. is. He's he is. great! No, you play him, but I'm saying like the Arthurs and the Ricky Puig, like you gotta assimilate these guys yes. in slowly. You yeah, can't yeah. just toss them into the deep end and expect them to swim. And that's part of why they've had these issues. And it just kind of seems like they buy names. They don't I, yes. buy players and within their system. Talking about Frankie de Jong, I don't... I don't know what these academies are producing nowadays, I but the players that are coming out, that are coming up, they're entering these teams with such, they're a complete package. Mm-hmm. They're attackers, they're defenders, they work hard, they're mentally there, tuned in. And Frankie Dunk, if you've ever seen this kid play in mm-hmm. person, it is, it's incredible. He makes you want to kick a soccer ball even if you don't kick a soccer ball. Yeah, and that's why he was bought by Barcelona. They saw that right away, right? I mean, I asked that year that he did that with them. No one really expected it. Last I mean, year, yeah. yeah, I mean, no one really expected him, uh, that team to succeed as much as they could, and they could have made that fi- they you know, won, final. They should have won the whole thing. They, they, yeah. they really could have, and, and they have numerous players that they brought up, and we saw Delict go to Juventus as well. So they're primed for big moves. Suarez right? was one of the guys. And yes. Frankie's one of them. To keep in mind, Dembele, it looks like he's going to be back on the pitch because he's back from injury. They saw they snapped photos this past week of him training. Uh, you have Luis Suarez who's out, but Dembele is going to make an appearance again, which is great. So we can we, sh- we should put that into the, into I, the equation. I, I hope he does well because I think he's a supremely talented kid, but... At the end of the day, he hasn't put I, it together yet. It, I think I don't. He's got to do a better job of taking care of his body. There's a lot of soft tissue injuries with his hamstrings. He's pulling it up, and, it, and it's a consistent thing. It's a reoccurring thing. They might, they might just be rushing his his um, recovery, and that, that's yeah, and, and then that's on them too, because because now like with Suarez, they've had injury issues too. Yeah, it's not like this him. is just Dembele a Dembele issue. This is a this is a Barcelona issue, and this is I think. Something that they're going to work on as well as just getting in a new manager. We have to take into account that Copa del Rey is being played on Wednesday. So, today. And <laughs> <laughs> today. And they're, both teams are going to go in with heavy legs because playing 90 minutes at that level, oh it, it does take a toll on your body and on your legs. You're training every day. So, what does Valencia have to do to go into this match to find a victory versus a team like Barcelona? They are playing at home, so let's take that into account. Well, I think their midfield is going to be a big part of this, to, to be honest with you, because at home, uh, you normally at home, if you're playing a team against a team like Barcelona, you want to keep the game close, mm-hmm. right, to give yourself any chance. But if Barca can't command the midfield and get to their forwards, who, like you said, it was already missing Suarez, 
then you're going to cause a big problem for Barcelona because if if you're stopping their midfield to to get to Messi and the likes of him and Griezmann, Condogbia, Parejo, they need to do well in this game. I they think can. that's the key, and I think they can. I really do think they can, and that's why I like the draw at plus three ten. And, and a, a win is is plus four hundred. I mean, you never know. That's not out of the uh-huh. realm of oh, possibility no. at yeah. home for Valencia. They're, they're talented, man. I think that I think it's again a, a slightly disrespectful to them because this isn't just some pushover La Liga team. Yeah, this is a this is a prominent Champions League team who I think can definitely knock off Atalanta, who we talked about. But I, I want to really quick over under goals three and a half. If you go under three and a half goals is minus one fifty two. I don't see this being high scoring matchup. These two teams play at a very high level. The midfield battle, as you mentioned, there's injuries to Barcelona's we forwards. Have to, but we have to take into account how Valencia played versus Mallorca. They that did, was... Yeah, they, they didn't play that well. Right? They didn't they, play they, that they well. Their back line was a mess. <laughs> yeah. There was no communication. I don't know what happened that day. I don't know what they <laughs> ate that morning. But whatever they did that morning, they definitely shouldn't do that day versus Barcelona. Because I think it'll be a different it was It was terrible. Well, yeah, I think it'll, it will yeah. be because as a player, you show up and you're like, all right, we're playing against Barcelona. This mm. is how we're going to prepare for, for this exactly. match. So there might be some type of hype under them, energy. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be pumped for this one. I, 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 I truly think it'll be a battle. This will be one that you want to tune into on the weekend. This, this oh, is definitely. a match. This, this is the La Liga match. This is absolutely. one of the top. I think this is the second best matchup that we are going to discuss. There's definitely going to be hashtag Kike... Taka. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter and I just yeah. started laughing. I was like, that kind of goes. It's a good one, uh, a good one right? Hashtags. That's not bad. I don't use hashtags all the time. I use hashtags all the time. Like, hashtag no. Hashtag yes. And then hashtag tiki taka. Hashtag tiki taka. Croy style, right? Croy style. All right, well, let's talk Champions, not Champions League, I'm sorry, English Premier. What were your predictions last week for Leicester? Um, I had actually I bet Leicester to win that one. I was I was I was really pissed off that the, that Burnley came back and won it. And, and Leicester had their opportunities in this matchup too to capitalize on it. And, and look, the, a bunch of teams are playing poorly outside of Liverpool, and they had to capitalize on this situation. And to lose to Burnley, I I look, I'm not trying to disrespect Burnley or any of their fans. But that is an embarrassing loss for Leicester. And they could have taken advantage of Man City dropping points too, because Man City Chelsea. had a, had an awful yes. game. Chelsea also lost uh, to Newcastle. Man City against Palace lost points. They drew two two. So that could have been a massive moment for Leicester. And and when you don't cap you capitalize, you don't capitalize on that, in those moments. I mean, they're trying to be in the Champions League for next season. Yeah, they're still fine up there right now, hovering around the top four spot. They're in that in that. Yeah. Uh, zone. Burnley is currently sitting 14th place. 14th. They're so bad. They're t- I couldn't. I was and so Lester frustrated. And Leicester is in third place. What happened? I it did. This was just a classic. Leicester did not capitalize on those opportunities. I don't know if either of you saw it. They I had. It. They had the chances to do it, and especially in the second half. Is is you kind of got that vibe. The longer it get, there was the the penalty shot that was saved. Jamie Vardy missed the penalty yeah. shot. It, yeah. it, it, it was just so frustrating to watch as as someone who put money on it. I get that. But I couldn't <laughs> only imagine for Leicester fans how frustrating it must be when teams like that are dropping points. Because, again, it matters 
where you finish in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Forget about the Champions League spot. If you finish second in the Premier League and, and Liverpool goes on to win again, you're in a very good Liverpool, and pot. We'll talk about that next. But Brendan Rodgers has done a very good job with Leicester City because in the past four, well, past four years, mm -hmm. the team has significantly gone up the table. Yeah. He just became manager last year, and look where he has them. Right? I think Rodgers has a good track record, though. I mean, it's an amazing I, track I, 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 I liked him from the start. A lot of people look back at his career, and they're, and they're just like, hey, uh, he didn't get things done. They rip but, him apart for the stupid Liverpool yeah, because what? Gerrard yes. slipped. But but compare that to, to like the Chelsea teams that were there at that time. They had more to work with than he did with Liverpool. He yeah. overachieved. And he also had Suarez was out for a while because he decides to bite. And he's so I think it, yes. Yeah. I think it also really depends on the personality of the players and who you have to deal with, right? There's some there's certain players that you can mold to your style, and there's mm -hmm. certain players that you really can't. And a team like Leicester City, yes, it's the Premier League. They're all superstars, but you're not dealing with players like on Man City. Liverpool, um, yeah, those type, high, really high-profile prof guys where you have to worry about personalities, egos, yeah. egos matching. So I think, what has he done differently? Well, I don't even Lester? know if he's done anything. It's not that he's done things differently, but you just mentioned you, you want to have players that suit your style or characteristics. People like Jamie Vardy, they're the gritty type of player, right? And I think that's who Brendan Rodgers can be classified as, someone who's gritty. It's, it's still the same core, though, that won the league title under Leicester, yeah, right? It's the, same, it's the same type of guys. They understand what's going on. They understand, they know what they need to do in order to win this. It, it's week by week. You've got to take advantage of the penalties, which they didn't do, unfortunately. But, it, but it's stuff like that, picking up three points on the road, winning against the top-tier teams. And Brendan Rodgers has done that, and he did a great job. I believe he was at Celtic before he came yeah. back over here, too. So now this is three different places that he's been that people buy into the system. And when you're a well-respected manager like that and you go in a locker room, yes. they're going to respect you immediately. And, and I think that's what's been so important for Leicester. Yeah. So we have Leicester sitting in third place. They are sitting in third place. You have Liverpool who is sitting in first with points 64 points. 64 points. Did I say that? 64 points. <laughs> what is Klopp doing? What, what's going on? They're just, this is the best Liverpool team this that we've seen in our This is the best, lives, yeah. not even Liverpool. This is the best English Premier team we have seen in a, in a long very, time. very long time. Since last year. Since last year. City, yeah. I mean, yeah. City was amazing too. So City. Yeah. You, have to, you have to say with the accent, City. The Gallagher something. <laughs> no, it was NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back, everyone. Now it's time for the final kick, Chicharito making a move to the MLS. What are your thoughts on this? Because I have a whole lot of opinion about this. 
Well, so since this, we don't have much time, uh, I, I just hate that everybody has to go to the Galaxy. Every time there's a top player, David Beckham, Slatan, uh, we just saw, always to the Galaxy. It's never to a different team. I know we had Henri with Red Bulls, but to me, I, I, I hate it. But I, it's understandable. He's a, he's a Mexican superstar. It's, yeah, it's close he's gonna proximity. Be, he's going to be closer. He's going to be closer to home. You also have to think about he, he's looking at pat, at history, right? Beckham, Slatan. Sure. Um, and it's a comfortable city to live in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, the move is fine. Like, this is a, a nice profile name for the Galaxy, for the league. A, oh. a lot of fans will be watching now, right, to see what he does, whether he's going to fail or not. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. Absolutely. I just don't like – I've seen going around that this is bigger than the move than when Beckham made it to the Galaxy, and it's no, it's it's just not even close I'm, for me. I'm very surprised I mean, that he You can't compare move, the two. Yeah. I understand he's a Mexican legend, 100%. I'm surprised he, – he hasn't been doing as well in Sevilla, I will say that. But I'm very surprised that he didn't go to Inter Miami. Because Inter Miami is a new team. They have money. That would have been better. Yeah. That would have been, been Manchester been United connection. Although I really think, come on, La Liga to MLS. Are you are you ready? Is he going to retire? What's going to happen? I, I mean, it's so the same thing. That, but the same thing with Beckham. I think this is just an opportunity that he's not going to get as much money. Like, he can go to China, right, and he get tons of money. He can go to China and money, get tons of money. But right. that's not close but to he's home. But not, he's not going to be comfortable. That, that, that plays a huge part in... A pl- in a player's movement off course because he has to be comfortable off the field, right? And that popularity he gets here too is unmatched. If he goes to China, he's just, it, it's going to be the number one selling LA, jersey. Yeah. Yes, he's LA, California, it's dominantly Mexican. So of he's course. definitely going there for the money. He wants to be comfortable. Yeah. Is he going to retire after this? I think he goes back to Liga MX. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see him going one more stop to, to the Mexican I can see him retiring league. the Mexican league. He has to, though. Like you yeah, can't, you can't. That I feel like that leaves a bad taste in, in uh, the the Mexican fans' mouth. Just because yes. he's retiring in the he's USA, retiring. like you don't like that. We're, yeah. They're bitter rivals in the sense. Of well, the Chicharito, if you're watching this, I need to have a conversation with you because we have to talk about a lot. All right, guys. Well, that is it for the free kick. It was great hanging out with you that guys. Was a great episode. Thank you for joining us as well. I mean, yeah. I, I, look, I mean, look. There's just so many other games that we're going to be able to get into over the next couple months, and I can't wait to break them all down. Yeah, and we didn't even get into Roma Lazio, and that's a very huge match. Lazio's going to win. Do you think Lazio's going to win? Oh, man, I don't know, but we don't have enough time. All right, guys, well, I'm Chelsea Kabarkis. You guys can go ahead and say bye to the camera. See you later, everybody. (laughs)